Bibles. Psalm 112. Had a little traffic jam back there, but all is good now. Appreciate Brother Wes and Miss Laura. They, uh, I left Wes here last week and uh, did a good job by himself. Appreciate being able to be gone and know that things are going to be taken care of and and uh, taken care of well and just appreciate his heart and and uh, truly his friendship and being able to work together and and uh, was a blessing to hear about the message and and that was a real challenge to our, to the hearts of those that were here and able to hear that and and uh, just uh, thank the Lord for him and and uh, Praise the Lord for that. So it's good to be back, though, and and I had never I had never preached a meeting like what what I did last week, and and it was fun, but I'd rather just be home. I didn't realize I was such a homebody until really now that the kids are gone, and and uh, it, it just I I don't know. It's like being here, and so it is our family, and miss you guys when we're gone, and and. Praise the Lord for the live stream. Brother Dewey did threaten me that if I was trying to watch the live stream while I was preaching, I was going to be in trouble. So I didn't watch the live stream last week, even though I wanted to while I was preaching. But uh, I did go back later, and I didn't have much time, but I had enough time to fast forward through the live stream to where they pan when everybody's saying hello, so that I knew who was here and who wasn't. I always got to watch that. So, but uh, uh, anyway, it's so good that you're here with us today, and and uh, you're here because first of all, you got up this morning, made a commitment, and say, "Hey, I'm going to be here," and I praise the Lord for that. But you're also here because this message, God knew that you needed it today. So I pray that however God uses it in your life, that you will be listening to Him and and will uh, be encouraged by this. Uh, message today, and the, we continue our theme of being happy in a dysfunctional world, and I, I don't know about the rest of you, but this truly has been a help to me, and I, I guess that's probably why I chose this subject and this theme of being happy in a dysfunctional world, just because I, I'm the one that needed it, and as I was preparing this message, and what a struggle it has been uh, getting this message prepared. I, I, we had our men's prayer breakfast yesterday morning, and, and guys, I want to tell you what encouragement that was with the, the group that we had, and had, had a number of our regular guys that were not there, but had a great group, and I truly appreciate that. That is the, the power of our church is through prayer, and, and uh, men, I appreciate that. And so in a couple, well, uh, we have the men's prayer breakfast, the the uh, second week and the last week of the month. And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to be having that uh, prayer breakfast again and uh, love for you to come. And, and, but I appreciate that. And my heart was encouraged by uh, so many men. And I, and I find that uh, th- that's where I seem to find more of my encouragement now are, are in those things that, that God is doing and the work that he's doing in our lives. And, and I thank God for that. And so as I was, and I'd ask those men, I said, would you pray that it's really having a struggle with the message on, on uh, today, and, and uh, but God, after those prayers that afternoon, uh, God was uh, faithful in giving me the message, and, and uh, uh, you, you guys may think that comes easy after 31 years of doing this, but it's not, and uh, every week you're preparing three or four or five messages a week, and, and uh uh, it, it is, uh, at times, you know, my mind wanders around probably more than some of yours, and so it's hard to get it reined in at times, but appreciate those prayers, guys, and, and uh, God gave us this message, gave me the message, and, and I know it's exactly what we need to hear, because as I was giving thought to the theme again and, and just rehearsing through my mind and, and looking at some of the messages that, that we've looked at and, and uh, just being happy. Whether, whether it's in a dysfunctional world or not, just the idea of, of being happy is something that, that seems in, in this day and age to, to not come so easy. And, you know, I, I think of the, the Kimball family that um, 
just uh, just this morning, Beverly uh, passed into eternity, and and so we we hear of that. I had the phone call from Mr. Musman yesterday, and and uh, uh, and and that maybe that's what I forgot to. I know I mentioned it in connections, but uh, John Musman and and uh, his his wife Betty passed away this week, and and asked if I would do the funeral, and of course I would. I'd be happy to to help the family out in any way that we can, and and uh, he, you know he's just kind of at loss. And here's his wife, been married so many years, and and now trying to figure out what to do. And and so I talked to him and said, John, I'll be you know I'll do the happy to do a, a service for for your wife, and and uh, give any thought where you want to have it. And he's like, well, I really haven't given any thought. I said we could rent the mortuary. I said, don't, you, you don't need to do that. We'll just have it here at the church. And so we're, we're going to have a service on Saturday at 11 o'clock for uh, Betty Musman. And, and uh, if you can, you want to come and help with that, it'd be great. We're going to have a dinner afterwards and small group. I don't think there'll be a lot of people here, maybe 50 or so, but if you can bring something for that, I know it'd be appreciated. Bring a side or bring a salad or a dessert or something like that. And and uh, let them know that, that we do care. And John's been a few times, and not, I'm not even certain on John's salvation. And, and so we want to we reach out and show them Christian love and, and show them that there, there's something that, that gives us a joy that, that only God can give. And, you know, and, and we deal with this all the time. And we're, we, we deal with the, you know, it seems like, boy, this summer, you know, is, has been such a, a time of, uh, of funerals. We did four funerals in five weeks this summer and uh, and have done a couple since then and and you know just on and on and 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 there's just a lot of stress there's a lot of heaviness in our world and you know the counseling that that I deal with and and seeing people and talking to people and and just seeing the the heaviness of their lives and going into that little church in Meeker and preaching there and finding the the heaviness that's there a young man um, wife and and uh, kids, one little baby, and had to go to the hospital and have a biopsy. They're going to do a biopsy on his on his chest. Found a lump, and you know, I mean, we deal with the, that kind of thing there too. And we we hear that all the time. Had a couple in our church that he had to go for a, a CT scan here a while back, and I mean, it's just over and over and over. We we hear of the heaviness, and and I'm not trying to depress you, okay, but. And, and then I, I get on social media, and a, and a few weeks ago, I, I saw this video of this young man that's in the, in the ministry, and, and I would guess this guy to be in his early 30s, and, and showed him smiling, and he's at a, bab, a baptismal service, and, and he's celebrating as he baptized the teen, and, and a big smile on his face, and then you hear just a few days later, this man in the ministry took his life, <clears throat> and you know, you hear the suicide and, and all of these things, and you know, and, and, and I don't know, it's just kind of overwhelming yesterday as I'm sitting there, and, and I just told the Lord, Lord, I want to be happy. I do. I, I, I want to, and, and I'm not talking about the, the shallow happiness of this world. I'm not talking about winning the lottery happy kind of thing that, that goes away. I, I'm not talking about, you know, Finding a four-leaf clover kind of happy, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I, I'm talking about the happiness that, that God is talking about in the Scripture. And I'll, I'll just sit there at my desk and, and just ask the Lord, you know, Lord, help me. Help me to be happy. Help me to realize what, what it is that, that, that is the depth uh, of his love and, and, and what he wants us to have. And, and so as we look at this simple message today, but, but I pray that, that as we look at this in Psalm 112 and verse 1, he gives us three steps to a happy heart. And he can show us how this is a process of, of what we need to do to have this kind of happiness in our lives. And so Psalm 112 and verse 1 tells us, it says, Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Three very simple steps that he shows us that, that we can have for 
a happy heart. We need to have a heart of praise. We need to have a heart of fear, and we need to have a heart of obedience. And if we will allow God to work in our hearts, and and we are doing these things in our own lives as believers, then then I truly do believe that we can have this happiness that that God is talking about. Because this world is just not a happy place. But we can still be happy, and I pray that this can be a help to you. And so let's look at the first step, a heart of praise. Praise ye the Lord. Here he is giving us a command, and and he's telling us that that we need to praise him, that that this is an act of worship. This is something that not only do we do, and and in this, the, the, the tent's showing us that it's something that we're always doing. It's not something that we do just on Sunday, that this is something that we do every day. It, it needs to, to become a mindset in us, and, and, it, and it needs to be uh, the foremost part of our, our hearts and our minds is that we wake up in the morning and we walk through the day, and as we lay down our heads at, at night, that we're praising the Lord for what it is that, that He's been doing in our lives, and praising Him for who He is, and over and over and over. I mean, He, he tells us over and over how, how that we ought to be praising Him in Psalm 104. He tells us in verse 35, when, when we start looking at the world and we see all this evil and all this trash that's going on, and, and, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm just sick of all of our politicians. I wish all of them would put a sock in it and, and just, just shut up and, and do your job and keep your mouth shut and, and quit bringing all the negativity that's out there and the, and the news stations that are out there too and, and just shut off the world and, and tell them that, look, you need to, you need to find something that, that's going to bring you joy. And, and let me tell you that bringing misery in other people's lives does not bring you joy. But here he tells us, and what a, and it ought to give us a peaceful notion of this. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, David was telling us how we need to be praising Him and, and looking to Him and knowing that He, he is the one that, that deserves all the praise, all the glory, all the worship of our heart and soul and mind and strength and Psalm 106 in verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Oh, how merciful our God is that He doesn't just take us out whenever we're doing something that's wrong and, and doing something vicious against Him and, and He still shows us mercy and, and oh, how we ought to wake up and we ought to praise Him. We ought to give thanks unto Him. We ought to and the only reason here is because He's good. He is good. He's the only thing that's good. He tells us in Psalm 14 in Romans 3 that there is none that doeth good, not, no, not one. But God does, and He is. He is good. And then right here by Psalm 112, you look at chapter one, or you look at Psalm 111, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Psalm 113, verse 1. He says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. I mean, we, we think about all these things going on in the world, and, and, and yes, there's sometimes where you'd like to bless something out, but... but uh, that that's not what we're talking about here. We need to praise Him because He never fails us. He never breaks down. He never walks away. He's never fickle in His love. It is a depth that we cannot understand and that God is God and, and we need to praise Him and be active in telling others about who He is. You know, you go back and, and if you want to follow me, and I, I forgot to give you this one, but first Sam, Second Samuel chapter 6 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 12. Here we, we see a time where if we're going to praise Him, we need to praise Him in the good times. We can't forget about who He is. You know what I see a lot of times in, in, in human nature and what we do? 
Man, when times are bad, we're on our knees and we're begging for God to listen. And we're, we're looking to Him and we're, we're willing to give Him everything and, 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 and trust Him and, and, and praise Him during that. But then when He answers those things, it's like, oh yeah, God, I got this, I'll see you. And you're on your own and, and oh, how we need to pay attention and we need to praise Him in the good times as well as in the bad. And, and here He shows us, and I love this, David has has become king, and, and David is excited about being able to worship, and they, they had not done it the right way and, and, and bringing the ark, and a man had died, and he'd left it in the, another city and was afraid to move it and kind of had a little pouting session, you might say, with God, and, and finally realized that God's blessing was on that city because the ark was there. And so he said, you know what? It's time that, that we make the capital Jerusalem, and it's time that we bring the ark of God in there, and it's there that we can come and worship together, and it's there that represents the presence of God. And so we're going to bring that ark of the covenant into town, and and that's what they're doing, and they're bringing it in here in 2 Samuel 6 and verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord have blessed the house of Obedidom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidom and to the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of God had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. And, and whenever we think of this dancing, he's jumping with joy because of who God is, and he's, and he's, and he's praising Him and, and worshiping God in and, and all this excitement. And, and here you see the passion of David and, and thinking about, oh God, how good you are. And, and here you are, the, the very presence of God. And so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Shame on her. Shame on her for worrying about how he looked. And, and, and here David wasn't concerned at all because all he knew is that this represented the presence and the power of God. And, and that's all he wanted on his life. And, and how he praised him and worshipped him in all of this. We need to praise him as David praised him in, in this good time. I think it's amazing too if you turn a, a little bit further over in into First Kings and here David has passed on and and now we see that Solomon has has come and done what David wasn't allowed to do and and he builds the temple and they finally have a permanent place where they can come and worship their God and 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 they and they do and they bring honor and glory to God and and they're and they're giving him the the praise that he truly deserves and I, I think this is amazing here in in First Kings and and you look towards the end of the chapter to verse sixty two and and through the rest of the chapter and, and listen to this and the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord First Kings eight. 62, and Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered unto the Lord, two and 20,000 oxen. Did you get that? 22,000 oxen they sacrificed. And 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. The same day did the king hallow the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, for there he offered burnt offerings and meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings because the brazen altar that was before the Lord was too little to receive the burnt offerings and meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings. And at that time Solomon held a feast and all Israel with him, a great congregation from the entering in of Hamath under the river of Egypt before the Lord our God seven days and seven days, even fourteen days. On the eighth day he sent the people away and they blessed the king and went under their tents joyful and glad of heart for all the goodness that the Lord had done for David his servant and for Israel his people. Oh, how we need to be praising him in those good times. We need to be giving him the honor and the glory and knowing that anything that is good comes only from God. I need to remember that. I need to remember that I have absolutely no power in what takes place and whether it's good or bad, all I do is I just need to serve God and, and realize that no matter what, He is always good and I need to praise Him. Praise Him in the good times. 
but also need to praise him in those hard times. I was giving thought to that too and thinking about Job. You know, and it tells us that Job pretty much lost everything that mattered anything to him other than his walk with God. And it tells us in Job 1 and verse 21, found out that all his family had died. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We need to learn to praise Him even in the hard times of our life. And there are hard times that come. And there are challenges that, that come, but oh, how we need to be more like Job, and how we need to praise Him, and worship Him, and and give him the honor and the glory. And even in all of this, he said also in chapter 13 and verse 15, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Oh, I'm going to continue to follow him. And Job understood and knew that, that God was good. Did he have some weak moments along the way? Yes, he did. But in all of that, in chapter 23 and verse 10, he also said, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Oh, we, you see, we need to have a heart of praise. And, and it's something that's a command that God is telling us. He said, you need to praise me. We praise him because of who he is and he never changes. And we never truly understand the, the depth of his love, but we still praise him. We praise Him every day. We praise Him in the good times. We praise Him in the bad times. We praise Him in the times where we're not even sure what's going on, but we can still praise Him and, and truly have a heart of praise. How we need to be active in that. If, if we truly want to be happy in, in this world, then we need to learn to praise Him even in the hard times as well as the good times. But then he goes on here in Psalm 112 and he says, praise ye the Lord, but then he said, blessed, as we know, that means happy, is the man, man generic, all of us, man or women or child, it doesn't matter who we are, but blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. To stand in awe of this one that, that has a reverence for him and, and honor of him and, and truly is afraid of him. You know, as I was given thought to fear, there, there is a fear that's good and there's a fear that's bad. We shouldn't have this unhealthy fear and we shouldn't have an unhealthy fear of man. Solomon wrote, he said, the fear of man bringeth a snare. That's what he said in Proverbs 29, last part of verse 25. David made the statement in Psalm 56 in verse 4, he says, I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Peter and the apostles, whenever they were threatened by, by the Jews and said, you're not going to teach this anymore and you're not going to tell people about this Jesus anymore. And Peter made the statement, he said, then Peter and the apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And so there are those that feared the people. Samuel was told by Saul when Samuel came to him and he said, Saul, I, I hear the bleeding of the sheep and the bellowing of the cattle and, and God had told you that, that when you beat, whenever you killed the Amalekites that, that you were to kill all of them and, and you were not to take anybody uh, a prisoner, you are to wipe them out and you are to not only kill them but you were to kill every animal that they owned and there was not to be anything left of them. I hear this bleeding of the sheep and the bellowing of the cattle and what is it that you have done? And, and Saul told him that he feared the people. And because of his fear that he had for the people, we see that Saul lost his kingdom because of his disobedience. Oh, it tells us many times that the Jews did not kill Jesus because they were afraid of the people. How many times do we see that here he's telling us that happy is the man, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. He never says that we ought to fear man at, at, at all at any time. 
And so here, but, but we have that in our lives today where, where so often we're afraid of what people may think. We're, we're afraid of what, what could happen and, and what this person might do or, or what is he going to think about me or, or these, these issues. And, and here he's showing us that, that that fear of man is not righteous and it's not biblical and it's not right. And, and there is never a time that we ought to fear man. Never. But there's also times where we have a fear of our circumstances, don't we? Job became very real to me a year and a half ago. And, and, and I know the, the tribe shared it many times already. And I don't, I don't have to go back, but, but it was a major impact in my life. And, and it was a major impasse at the time that, that God has helped me with victory over. And, and I'll be honest with you for... For years and years of my ministry, I just I I didn't tell God. I just overlook it. But I'm like, I don't I don't want to preach the Book of Job. I I, I don't want to go there. I I don't want to have to live the kind of life that that Job had lived. I, I don't want to see that in, in in my life. And and you know, you come to the realization that hey, God can do whatever God wants you to wants to do. And and if God wants you to go through a life like Job, then then you need to go through the life that God wants you to go through. And, and you still want to praise Him. And, and you don't want to be fearful of the circumstances that may come up. And, and look, there, I remember as a kid and, 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 and always scared of, of the word cancer. And, and I remember when, when I was in Bible college and so mid-20s and, and I heard that my grandma had cancer and, 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 and the fear, just the overwhelming fear of that and, and thinking what's going to happen and... and and now I, I can sit back and, and for these last almost 20 years now, it's been 18 years that, that my grandmother passed away. For 18 years, though, my grandma has been enjoying heaven. But I remember the fear of that and, and how it just would wake you up and thinking about what, what if or what if this or who this or that. And, and we can spend our lives just what ifing and, and so worried about the circumstances around us. And, and that is not a healthy fear. And, and, and Job made this statement. He said, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. And I look at this and I, and, I, and I read this and I think, God, I, I don't want to live that way. I want to be happy. I truly want to be blessed. And, and, and I can't be blessed and, and I can't be happy if I'm letting these circumstances dictate to me whether I'm happy or not. I need to be happy in knowing that God is always God and never changes and God is good and God is gracious and God is merciful and God is all-powerful and, and God loves me and, and God loves my loved ones more than I love them and, and He loves our church family and, and, and you can worry about the circumstances in a, in a church family. and I mean, it's just overwhelming if you allow it and, and rob you of the fear that, that, that we just do not have to have. And just like Peter, whenever he saw Jesus walking in the storm on the sea and and, 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 he, and he jumps out of the boat and he walks to Jesus. And, and as he's keeping his eyes on Jesus, all is okay. And then all of a sudden it says that he saw the waves around him and he was afraid. Oh, how often do we find ourselves to be afraid? But all you have to do is go into God's Word. And, and those guys that got in some pretty tough situations, it was then that God said, hey, don't be afraid. He is commanding them, stop being afraid. You know, I mentioned this last week or a couple weeks ago, I think, or maybe it was in a message I preached last week, I don't know, but I, I remember when we studied it on Wednesday night with Paul, and, and here I was thinking that, you know, of all men, the boldness of Paul, and, and this guy, I mean, he would go into the Jewish synagogues and, and teach and preach the gospel and, and, and tell them what it was and, and how they needed to trust Jesus and, and was bold about that. And, and it tells us about the second time, that uh, the third time that he comes into Ephesus and, and he walks into Ephesus, the place where, where he writes about them later and, and, and calls the people beasts. 
because of how vicious they were to him and how they mistreated him and how they sought his life. And, and he goes in and, 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 and he stays there for a, a couple of years and preaching and teaching the gospel and helping the church. But, but it tells us that he's standing there and, and he's looking a, a, at the city of Ephesus and it's there that, that it jumps out at me in our study here just a few weeks ago where God goes to Paul and, and commands Paul and says, hey, stop being afraid. Paul, stop being afraid. Now wait a minute. Paul, the one who has written over half of the New Testament, the one that has been used greatly and mightily in all things, and, and here you're, God, you just showed me that, that even Paul had, had fear in his life, and, and it obviously was debilitating, and, and it was hindering him from doing what he needed to do, and, and truly it was a time where he wasn't happy at all in his own life, and, and God tells him, hey, Stop being afraid. Don't let fear overwhelm you. Our world is full of fear. Why do you think that the news, the, the news stations are, are so popular? I mean, they blow everything up because they want everybody to be afraid so that, so that you're going to watch them and they can get the money that they want. Who would have ever thought that people in Colorado would act like Southerners when it comes to a blizzard? But they do. <clears throat> I find it amazing how, how we, we build things up. We terrify the entire world that, that the world is coming to an end because Donald Trump caused a hurricane. <clears throat> I just find it ridiculous uh, of what, what, our, what our world has done to terrify us. If we sell another AR-15, the whole world is going to get shot. I say go buy three more. It's time now to quit buying the guns and start buying the ammo. Maybe we could set up a reloading station here at the church. Uh, but, you know, we fear the circumstances. We fear men. We fear our circumstances. That's not a healthy. That's not healthy at all. But here he says, there is a healthy fear. Blessed or happy is the man that feareth the Lord. Now something I want to point out, the Lord is in capital letters. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's a word that they didn't pronounce, they didn't say it publicly. It was, it was one that was too holy and righteous. It was Yahweh or Yah. And it means Jehovah. Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. He is God. Any, you, anybody here have uh, family members that are Mormons, you need to point out to them that here it shows us that Jesus is God. Jesus isn't a God. Jesus is God Almighty. Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh. They're all the same. And here, Jesus is the one that we ought to fear. Why is it that we ought to fear Jesus? It tells us that there's going to come a time at the end of the tribulation period that, that Jesus, along with his saints that have been raptured and that are in heaven with him, that he's going to come back upon a white horse. And it's there that he is going to wipe out the enemy with the very spoken word of his mouth. He's going to judge those that have stood up against him and rejected him for generation after generation. It's he that's going to be standing there at the great white throne judgment and it's he that, that those unbelievers are going to look at and say that I have rejected you and because I have rejected you that it's my fault and it's my responsibility and, and I can't blame anyone on the reason that I'm going to hell but it's only on my fault because I have rejected you as Savior. Oh, Jesus is the one that we need to fear. Jesus is the one that we live our lives for today as believers. And as a believer, there's going to be a day at that beam of seed of Christ that we are going to be judged. And, and it's not our salvation that is judged because that's already been dealt with at the cross of Calvary. And we thank God for that and the saving power of Jesus and knowing Him as our Savior. But all of our works are going to be put into the fire and only those things that have been done in a righteous motive and, and for the actions that are honoring and pleasing 
pleasing to God? Are they going to come through the fire? And, and we're going to be able to give those then and, 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 and have the crowns that God has given us. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to take them and we're going to lay them at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is the one that, that we ought to fear. Jesus is the one why we live the way that we do and, and, make the, and have the convictions in our life that, that look, I want to do this, God, and I want my life to be this, and, and I'm convicted this is the way that I need to live because Your Word says this, and, and if Your Word says it, then I need to be this way to, 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 to represent You and, and be honoring and glorifying to You because truly, Lord, my life is all about Jesus. And Jesus only. It's no longer my life. It's no longer me that has control of it. It's no longer me that I'm going to do this in my life and I'm going to go after this in my life and I'm going to follow my heart and just be happy, happy, happy. No, you're going to be miserable, wretched, poor and blind. But we're happy whenever we start living our life for Jesus and we do not fear what other men think. Jesus gives us a promise. Isaiah 14 and verse 3. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve. Oh, this world is hard. This world keeps people in such bondage. This world is trying everything it can to cause us to fear and to be sorrowful and sad and just constantly searching for a little bit of good news. Remember that old country song by Ann Murray? Could just use a little good news today. I'm sorry, that brings back... Dates me a little bit, you know. And you're like, Ann Murray, who is that? Well, she's probably the mother to Prince or somebody. I don't know. But anyway, Lord, we sure could use some good news today. And so you just live your life searching and trying to find that little bit of good news that can help you out and get you through the day. And look, I got the good news. Jesus died and gave you eternal life. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the one that has taken the sins away. Jesus is the one that has promised us an eternal life. Jesus has promised that all of the sorrow will be taken away. All of the weight of the, the bondage will be gone. And Jesus can deliver us from the fear that, that is out there. And, and truly, there's only one fear that we have, and it's Jesus. And, and it tells us that God is a consuming fire. And because of that, we're going to go out and we're going to tell other people about Jesus and, and make sure that they know how important it is to know Jesus as their Savior and how important it is as believers that we live for Jesus because everything else is fleeting. It is a healthy fear. Proverbs 19.9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean. It's pure. There's no impurities. Fear of the Lord. Remember when Moses, I preached this a few, month, a few years ago in our theme, but Exodus 3 and in that passage where there's the burning bush, and I believe it's around verse 5 or verse 6, where Moses says, I think I'll go over there and check out that burning bush and see what that is. And so casually he turns around and he starts to walk towards the bush, and God says, Moses, stop where you are. Remove, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for you walk upon holy ground. Okay. I guarantee you, if Moses would have said, that's all right, God, I'll just come on my way. Moses wouldn't have been the leader of Israel. Moses would have been a bunch of smoke and ashes. But he realized that he needed to approach God how God told him to approach him. He said, Moses, you're on holy ground. You come to me, you approach me, and understand that it's holy and righteous. And, and we know that burning bush Oh, that represents the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. 
we, we can see there that it was Jesus that was talking to him in that burning bush. And, and, that, and that fire of that burning bush represents the judgment of God and, and his holy, righteous judgment. And, and here he is, the, the fire is burning the bush, but here is Jesus that's speaking out of that bush, and the bush is not being destroyed because of that precious gospel of Jesus Christ who died for us to keep us from the wrath of God. And oh, the wrath of God will be tremendous. The wrath of God would be something that we would never want to experience. The wrath of God will come upon the unbeliever during the tribulation period to a point where they will be begging for God to kill them and He will not allow them to die. That's the wrath of God. That's what we ought to fear. You see, the fear of the Lord is clean and purifying. It ought to be. It's a healthy fear. Fearing God is knowledge. He says in Solomon, the wisest man in the world, said in Proverbs 1 and verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know what it also does? Fear produces good behavior. Paul wrote in Philippians, he said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You need to work out, you, you, need, to, you, you need to understand and you need to present this, that uh, your salvation, that, that you're going to show to others that you are saved. And how are you showing others that you are saved? Well, you go back to that passage and you need to be like-minded. You need to have the same love. You need to, to walk with one accord. You need to walk with one mind. There doesn't need to be any strife. There doesn't need to be any vainglory. There doesn't need to be someone that's looking upon his own, but rather he's looking upon the others and, and others are more important than yourself. And you need to have the mind of Christ and, and you need to be obedient as Christ, even as Christ was obedient to the death of the cross. And, and there doesn't need to be any murmurings and there doesn't need to be any disputings, but you need to love Jesus and you need to represent Jesus in a, in a, in a way that is truly honoring and pleasing to God. You go back and you can read that in Philippians chapter 2 and starting with verse 12, but read the entire chapter. And there he shows us that, that it brings about a holy living in our lives. That's the right kind of fear. God, I don't want to upset you. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to have your hand of chastening upon my life. I want your hand of blessing upon my life. And in, in, in this then, I can see that here is how that I can truly have God's happiness in my life. But then he goes on in the last thing in Psalm 112, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. And blessed is the man that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Oh, how we ought to praise him for his word. Oh, how we ought to be obedient to what his word has to say. And even in those hard times, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 and verse 71, listen to this. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. God, I'm not real happy right now because I'm being afflicted. I'm not real happy right now because there's some things in my life that are, are trying to cause me to fear and, 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 they're, they're, and they're trying to, to, to bring me about and, 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 and not be what I need to be and, and, and I'm not going to have the heart of obedience that I need and, and I'm really having a hard time uh, obeying you right now because I'm in this affliction and the only thing I can think about is climbing out of this and getting out of the fire and I don't care if you're the one that started. I don't care that you want me to go through this. I don't care that Job said that after I've been tried that I'll come forth as gold. I don't care about those things. I want out of this and, and I'm not going to be obedient to you. And, and the psalmist right, it is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. <laughs> it's then that we obey. And here he says that one who delights greatly takes great pleasure has an excited attention at God's commandments. What are God's commandments? Right here they are. 
And it's not just the Ten Commandments. I, I don't know how many commands there are in the Scripture, but there's hundreds, hundreds of commands. Right here, praise ye the Lord is a command. One right there, praise ye the Lord. And here he tells us that we need to delight greatly in his commandments. Oh, how we need to follow what God says. Do you remember when that same passage when Samuel confronted Saul because he didn't kill everything that he was supposed to? We have that famous passage there where this is what Samuel said to Saul. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You can go all the way back to Genesis in Cain and Abel. Abel brings a sacrifice of a, of a, a sacrificed animal to uh, approach God and, and give Him this, this sacrifice of blood and, and saw that it pleased God. And, and here was Cain who, who was just like Saul and, and said, I'm going to approach God how I want to approach God. And, and I'm going to walk to Him and, and, be, and do it in my way. And, and God's going to accept this. And God didn't accept Cain's sacrifice at all. And Cain was upset and mad and, and he couldn't get to God. So then he kills his own brother. Saul thinks, I can do this and do however way that I want and, and I can live however way that I want and every once in a while I'll bring this sacrifice to him and, and he'll wink at me and continue to bless and I can do these things my way and, and, and God's going to be okay with this and Samuel comes to him and he says, oh Saul, Saul, it's not the sacrifice and the burnt offerings that he wants but it's for you to obey. Because obedience comes from the heart. And that's what I want. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Can I give you a little bit of parenting advice for those that still have little kids at home? And in all seriousness, when your child disobeys, it is as wicked as witchcraft because it's rebellion. Don't wink at it. God doesn't. Saul lost his kingdom. Saul lost his life because of his rebellion. Oh, how we need to guard against that. You don't need to raise your child like you're a drill sergeant. You raise your child as God has raised you, patient and loving, full of long-suffering, but never putting up with when we do things wrong without Him correcting it in our lives. Oh, how we need to get a hold of that. And we need to understand it because... You teach your child to obey when they're young and submit to the authority when they're young. It's a whole lot easier then for them to submit to the authority of their Savior and their Lord. Oh, how we need that. We need that in our lives. And if you expect your child to obey, God expects you as his child to obey. If we're going to be happy, we need to obey Him. We can't do it our way any longer. And quit justifying what you're doing when you know it's wrong. Do what's right. Do what's right. As Bob Jones Sr. used to say, do, do right till the, stalls, till the stars fall. Oh, how we need to do right. Let us do right. I want to be happy. I do. I, I want to be able to wake up in the morning with a heart of praise. 
And I want to go to bed at night with a heart of praise. I want to fear only him. And I want to obey him. Why? Because I want the happiness that only God can give in this wicked world. And then I can realize what he said. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve. Let's be happy. Let's be what God wants us to be and enjoy the blessings. That's just waiting. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this happiness. Lord, I know that we give thought to this. You, you even tell us in our obedience that first and foremost, he, he qualified this in Romans, that we need to obey the gospel. I pray that everyone sitting here has obeyed the gospel. That they have realized that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And with an open and a humble heart, they have received Christ as their Savior for forgiveness of their sins, realizing, knowing that there is nothing they could do for themselves. It only comes from you. But what a precious work you did for us in dying on that cross and showing us that you were dead by having been buried but then raising from the dead. Knowing that you're sitting at the right hand of God today, welcoming all of those who have placed their faith in you and Lord, it is that simple, and I thank you for that simple plan of salvation. And I pray if there's someone that's sitting here today and they have never done so, that today they would obey the gospel. Call on you as their Savior, calling from a humble heart, believing what you have done, asking that you save them, come into their heart and save them today. Father, for those of us who are believers, Lord, I'm sure that all of us at times, we've been in situations where we just didn't feel much like praising you. And I pray that you would change our way of thinking. That every day, every moment that we have, we are always thankful and have a heart of praise for what you're doing. Help us to fear only you and help us to obey. Lord, if there is something that's hindering us from doing these things, I pray that you help us to bring those to the altar today. Pray and cast them off and give them to you. And we walk out of here today with a new heart of joy that only you can give. Lord, give us that happy heart, a joy in serving you. Whatever is hindering us from that, I pray you help us to cast it today in Jesus' name, amen.